Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 24 of the Quickie Podcast. Thank you for being here. Before I introduce today's guest, I wanted to read one of the recent reviews that was left on iTunes for the podcast uh, from Dan, five-star reading. Yeah, Dan. Thanks, brother. Um, Inspiring. Love the idea and thinking behind the quickie for designers. It's inspiring to hear stories and insights from other creative minds. Dan, thank you so much. I appreciate you leaving that review. And um, if you've been listening to the Quickie Podcast and you like what you hear, even if you don't like what you hear, or if you got some constructive criticism, um, head over to iTunes or Spotify and leave a review for the podcast, leave a rating for the podcast. I do read them and I take them to heart. And if there's, you know, tips on how to improve or some honest feedback, you know, I really take that. And uh, I appreciate your time in leaving that because everybody's busy. Everybody's got a lot going on. So to the guest. Today's guest is Scarlett Aubrey, who is a lead in-house graphic designer working in Vancouver, BC. She has Irish roots, very creative parents, and she loves getting outside and loves the outdoors. The other thing that Scarlett shares with us is that she has dyslexia. She's struggled with it since she was a child and shares stories based around that. Um, She tells us how it impacts her day-to-day life now being in the graphic design field as an adult with dyslexia. I found it a really unique perspective. Scarlett shares some great stories with us. She's super talented, and it was incredible how honest she got and and what she shared with us. So um, let's get right into it. Ladies and gentlemen, Scarlett Aubrey, here we go. Welcome to the Quickie Podcast, the daily interview show where we talk to graphic designers about their journey to the creative field, and we do it in 30 minutes or less. So, are you ready for a Quickie? Uh, Scarlett, thank you so much for joining me on the Quickie Podcast today. Thank you. Are you ready for the Quickie? All right. So briefly tell the listeners about yourself. Um, Well, I'm an in-house graphic designer. I'm working uh, for a sport nutrition company at the moment. And they have a bunch of different brands. One's for like a bodybuilding brand. So that's kind of interesting seeing like 300 pound dudes walk around. (laughs) Yeah, The other one's geared toward um, athletes and then outdoor recreation one we have as well. And then we've got a new brand that's geared towards the Instagram fitness influencers. So that's, that's a fun one. (laughs) That's cool. So with that one, is it basically connecting and promoting through influencers on Instagram in that fitness? Yeah. Yeah. Cause like the sport with nutrition thing is that, um, we make the product. So we make protein powders and, um, supplements and that, Mm -hmm. but they sell the lifestyle first and that sells the products like any brand would do. So we do like workout videos and definitely have athletes and, the bodybuilders, which we call athletes as well, and they do work, do all sorts of stuff, and then they also sell the product while they're doing it. Got it. So outside of um, designing packaging and product that appeals to 300-pound muscle dudes, uh, what else do you do? Do you have some hobbies on the side? 
Yeah, um, because my general, I mean, I love sports, and I initially wanted to become a graphic designer for a snowboard com- company or something. Mm-hmm. Um, it's what where my interests lie, but I like sports in general and the look and the aesthetic of that and wanted to be in that. So this was a good kind of fit, and it's been really interesting because there's all sorts of different avenues where it's like athletic versus bodybuilding, which I'd never thought I'd ever be in. Mm-hmm. T- total left turn. Um yeah, so it's it's. I've always been into kind of like really weird, quirky, grungy, artistic design, and that's I get to do that through my Instagram on the side. So I've been experimenting lately doing that. That's cool. And we were talking before I hit record here that you're going hiking today, so you're an outdoorsy girl then. Oh, super outdoorsy. I'm always in the mountains in some way, one way or the other. If I'm not hiking, then I'm yeah, I'm I'm snowboarding or I'm just I've signed up for this trail race in a couple weeks and I've never done that before. I kind of just applied without really looking into it and it turns out it's a full on hike race. So that's, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> that's like a straight up some chilliwack. I don't know where this mountain is. I gotta figure that part out. <laughs> yeah, good for you. Just rip the band aid off. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Um, so what was your childhood like then? And do you feel that you had a creative childhood? Oh, I definitely did. Um, my mom is a bachelor arts. Um, she got that in England and she's from England. And mm-hmm. my dad is a traditional stonemason um, from Northern Ireland. So cool. he sculpts everything by hand. Um, so he's always building and sculpting walls and pillars and that. And then my mom works in the film industry and she's doing set design now so it's super creative and it's always well harbored I guess an example of that would be um well I'm dyslexic and when I was a kid nobody knew really what dyslexia was and my teacher wanted to put me on medication so my mom was like no my kid is not going on medication and how she proved this is she had a bunch of oil paints and she sat me in front of a canvas and I painted the whole day start to finish she had to rip me up off the floor and say you have to go to bed now waited for it to dry, brought this painting to my teacher and said, she does not have an attention issue. She does not need to be put on medication. She sat down and painted this the whole day. Wow. So, yeah. What a cool story. Uh-huh. Do you still have that painting? I do. I do. It's actually not bad for how old I was. Like, there's a lot going on in there. There's like a cat, a flower vase, all sorts of different things. Like, oh, that's interesting. That's great. Mm-hmm. So then what do you think led you to becoming a designer and really taking that career path? Um, well, it's kind of funny. I initially thought I was going to be in the film industry. Mm-hmm. Um, I was doing all sorts of the filming, wanted to become a director. Because whenever you want to be in the film industry, that's the automatic thing you want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, went to Kaplan University for it. And I just got more and more panicky about it because I'm the kind of person that not necessarily needs a whole bunch of structure, but I need to at least see one foot in front of the other. Yep. And film industry, you can't. It's just like, hurry up and wait. You have a job, then you don't. Mm-hmm. And I was always drawing on my notes at school. And a girl that sat next to me, she saw this and she's like, oh, I want ravens on my website. You're yeah, really good at drawing. Have you ever thought of going into graphic design? So that kind of hit me at the perfect time where I was questioning my career path and somebody was telling me what I should be doing because they saw that um, talent, I guess. Yep. And so I went down in the university. Turns out the idea program is one of the most competitive, um, intense graphic design programs in the country. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of it hooked me. I was like, okay, well, search over. 
I just went down the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. So the drawing the Ravens for this person's website, that was your first gig. Yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> Sweet. There you go. So take us back to when you first started noticing design in the wild, you know, out in the world. What did you start seeing? Um, well, it's kind of, it's not really like obvious. My, like I said, my dad's from Northern Ireland and my mom's from England. So they're really into the art culture around that, um, really into Celtic knots. And so that's all around the house. We have, my mom made stained glass windows out of Celtic knots. My dad's made um, fencing and arbors wood. Uh, in Celtic knots mm -hmm. and so that was always there when I was younger I didn't pay attention to it it just become blurred in the background but as I got older I got more of an appreciation for it especially as a designer and I would say Celtic knots are probably the most perfect example of design I've ever seen and it can't be it's timeless and you can't be, beat it it could almost be a logo in itself even though it's just decorations you know, it's funny you say that because we just got back from <clears throat> an Ireland and Scotland vacation that was my first time over there oh, yeah. and from the castles and the the architecture, you know, the old age architecture and all of the Celtic crosses and Celtic knots and all of these things around, they're just amazing to look at. They never get old. No, they don't because they're so simple and symmetric and they're so pleasing to the eye and some parts of them are so bold. They're either they're very whimsical, like in the Book of Kells and the lettering and mm -hmm. they have the, the animals in it, or there's just a straight basic knots. Yeah. And you can see that that's illustration and design in a way. But back in the day when they, they just naturally knew how to do that and what worked Got without it. having what we, the knowledge we know now or the thought process to it now. It's so true. So then what has been the most influential design of your life so far? Either something you've seen or something you've been a part of? Mm, I guess sort of in, what influenced me to become a designer would be what I've seen like with branding of uh, snowboards. So whenever I look at Burton or um, GNU or um, basically any of the brands, I could see they, they got to have a lot more creativity. I guess they're the only, or not the only, but one of the out of creative industries that are allowed to be creative or push that mm -hmm. and are more fluid. So the boards, of course, obviously have illustrations and designs on them and that kind of triggers a culture and it kind of speaks to the culture in the art and vice versa. And then they would spread that out into their web designs and how they'd have like gifts on it and play with color and change it every season too. They wouldn't be like, okay, this is our brand. Great. We have our logo, but have the fluidity to every season to keep it fresh, change the whole look mm -hmm. like the catalogs the photography, um, the motion graphics that are in the videos themselves is a lot, very, very playful. And I was really drawn to that. I like that. When I was younger, um, I, I was dabbling in snowboarding and I loved all the different board designs on the bottom of the boards. Yeah. And I found that with uh, skateboarding when I was younger too. Yeah. Different board designs there. Um, do you ever run into creative blocks and how do you get past them? Yeah, you know what? There's no way around it. Um, you can't force creative. Mm -hmm. uh, and the more you do, the more anxiety you build behind it, and you basically shut the door. That's what a creative block is. So in order to open it back up, you have to walk away. There's no – you have to. And depending on what you're doing, if you have more time and ability, what I like to do is that I open my mind and the endorphins. So I'll go to the gym. I'll 
weightlift or whatever, and it'll come to me whenever I'm de-stressing. Mm-hmm. Going hiking, going snowboarding when the snow is out, just getting outside and getting into a freedom headspace that you know you feel limitless. So it gets rid of those blockers. But if you don't have that, you don't have the ability. You got a hard deadline and you're at work. It's just getting up, walking around, or doing the productive procrastination thing, switching to another project completely different, proofing something or cutting something out that you have to do or filing projects just to get yourself out of the pressure that is built behind you of trying to do something creative, trying to do get the answer. Mm-hmm. That's a really good answer to sort of pull yourself away from it for a little bit. Mm-hmm. So what's been the most challenging time in your design career so far? Why was it challenging and how did you get through it? Well, I'm still pretty early. I'm probably within the first 10 years. Not probably. I absolutely am within the 10 first years of my career. So still, um, I would say it was getting my first job out of school. Um, I really felt like doing what most people do is like, am I good enough? Questioning myself, looking at my work, and then I have to look, stare at my work and trust and believe in myself and be proud of what I did mm-hmm. because the feedback is like, Oh, I'm not getting the call or whatever. And that's out of my control. You can't control other people and how they decide to find designers that doesn't speak to if you're good or not, but mm-hmm. you do have the questioning part and it is really hard. To, you just have to keep believing in yourself and keep putting one foot in front of the other and pushing through, even if it's painful and, and it's, it's hard to believe because you'll, you'll get there. You, you won't not get there if you don't persist. Mm-hmm. Persistence. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, so social media, you had mentioned that you have your, uh, your personal page where you get to experiment and post some of your, you know, designs outside of your in-house design projects or jobs. Um, how has social media changed graphic design or the process of design? And do you think that it's beneficial or harmful? Oh, it's definitely not harmful. It's just different. Um, I've noticed actually in the past year, two years at work, we've geared more towards social and doing Instagram posts and Facebook posts and stories and doing more motion graphics for the stories and being able to play with that. Whereas before I was doing a lot of magazine ads. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's a switch that way, but it's just a transition. It's it wouldn't say it's harmful at all and it's definitely more expressive and quick so it has opened the door like if I want to do my experience experiments like you say um they're they're quick like you 30 second little things they don't have to be a whole reel I don't have to mull over like oh I want to do this animation video that has to be five minutes and has a beginning middle and end mm-hmm. I, want, I just want to try the the puppet tool and after effects so I just create a whale and make it move and wiggle and make it look kind of interesting and, <laughs> cool. boom, and then move on to the next thing I want to try double exposure you just get a video of like flowers and a picture of me and just meld it together and then it's like a couple seconds boom there it goes like it doesn't matter it's just a place to play perfect yeah I love that authority of answer in one direction mm-hmm. Um, so then how do you gauge if your designs are resonating with their intended audiences? You know what? This is a really plain answer, but nothing beats cold hard facts. Is like if it sells, if there's uh, interaction with it, it's direct feedback and honest feedback. Because if you're not getting anything, you're just like, oh, this looks cool. It's it's really pretty. Like it, it's one that can get an award from other designers. 
but what did it do? Like, did did it actually reach the audience? Are they picking it up off the shelves? You know, are they actually using it? And that's the biggest proper feedback. Oh, for sure. Yep. Sales, sales trumps everything. Really. Yeah. It's just like, is it working to your intended audience? Are they buying it? If they are, you did your job. You know, I find that <clears throat> that's like the balance between it's got to be beautiful and it's got to have heart in it, mm-hmm. but it's got to sell. Yeah. Well, what, where I work, like you're selling the lifestyle, right? So that's how you know it works. If you've spoken to the audience, if they resonate with it, mm-hmm. then they'll buy it. Definitely. Um, take us to a project or a design that you were a part of that did not go well or bring the desired result. What was that like? How did that feel? Oh, you know what? It really sucked. And I probably shouldn't say it, but I'm going to say it, especially for my dyslexics out there. Um, I designed a shirt because a part of my job is doing the apparel design too. And it's it like kind of looked like an old brewery label. Mm-hmm. And it was like handcrafted, it was the bodybuilding muscle shirt, handcrafted through um, um, blood, sweat, and strength. And I spelt the word strength wrong on a bodybuilding shirt. I left out the G. And it went through so many people. It went through the CEO, it went through sales, marketing, everyone. Mm-hmm. It went through the people who even manufactured it, not that it's their responsibility. Nobody caught this at all. And it was probably out being sold for a couple months. And a customer called in and they're like, you know, you spelt strength wrong. There's no G. And I'm like, oh shit. And the customer service people were just having a time, laughing their asses off. Then it came this big joke in the the office, and they forgetting for a sec. There's just some there's a person behind this that did this. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually, they came to me, and it's like, yeah, I designed the shirt, I did this, and it was just so heart wrenching. And I I laughed it off, but I took it pretty hard. And my boss knew that because yeah. it was bigger than bigger than that. If no matter how good I get and how far I push past. Um, the dyslexic blocks and the tools and the tricks. I mm-hmm. feel like I'm getting ground and becoming like everyone else. It's something you can't change about yourself at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will forever be forgetting the G. There'll always be moments where like, I can't help it no matter how many times I've gone through checklists or whatever, or going cross-referencing mm-hmm. at some point I will always metaphorically forget the G. It'll be something here or there or whatever. So I took it quite hard. And it turned out that it was one of our best-selling shirts anyway, regardless. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> really so I was like, okay, wasn't a huge waste of money. Like, okay, good. <laughs> so that's where you need to pitch, guys. If we leave the G off of everything. Oh, they could... made that joke too. It was like, let's go on the website and take all the Gs off of all, everything. <laughs> let's it's see what happens here. Now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, I can, I can feel that. You know, you never, no matter how many rounds of proofing it goes through, if there is a nice, a, a well-hidden typo, um, you're never going to see it until the finished product is in your hand or out in market or something like that. It's always going to be too late. Yeah. I get jokes all the time now too. There's like, you know what? You just got to know your strengths, Scarlett. You got to know your strengths. So, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Okay. Then I want to switch gears <laughs> here. So what's a project that you've been a part of that you are the most proud of? One that makes your heart sing or the biggest design feather in your cap? 
Okay. I would say it was the North Coast Naturals branding that we just launched. Yeah. Um, it was kind of... It was kind of all over the place, the branding before, and it wasn't really selling at a point. Um, so they just wanted to redo it, and they put it all in my hands, which is crazy because everything else has just been passed out through all the other five designers, and you do a little bit of this, you do a little bit of that, mm-hmm. and this was one of the first times they hit you like, no, this is yours. And my art director just said, like, what do you want to do? And just kept on asking me questions like, no, this is going to be your project. And because it was probably 80% what I did completely with guided by him and, of course, influenced by the CEO. Mm-hmm. And what I, I also learned from that is, like, how you can ebb and flow and you can't design everything exactly how you like because you have to work with all the other departments. And, of course, what the owner wants because mm-hmm. he's the one who's making the money and putting out the money sure. so you have to like okay this is what i want to do but this is what you want to do how to problem solve find a middle ground and it was great because i got to learn how to do something from concept to prototype to production to post-production it felt so rewarding to know that i have all of that as a designer now that i can do because whenever you work in an advertising or a branding studio you don't necessarily work on post-production there is a post-production team or the prototype stuff is dealt with somebody else Mm -hmm. that's cool you know when you had mentioned there that you know if the if the owner or ceo has you know a different direction and you've got one direction it's really a matter you know to meet in the middle it's a matter of the why explaining the why you want to do this why you know him explaining why he wants to do this and, you know, putting those two ideas of thoughts into one that, you know, can hit both. Yeah. And that is super rewarding, too, when you he's pushed you into an area you didn't think about mm-hmm. and explain why for sales reason or whatever. And then you kind of push back and explain why you want to do something. So you kind of see his idea or her idea change. Mm-hmm. And my ideas change too. So finding the, Oh, well, actually that's a good answer than what we found in the middle of it all. Mm-hmm. That's great. I haven't seen it yet, but I can't wait to see it. <laughs> um, what piece of advice would you offer to a new design grads looking to learn or make their mark in the industry? Um, you know what? This is, I heard this before and it's so true and it's very hard to do. Um, but fail hard, fail fast, fail early, fail cheap. Yeah. Do it as soon as you can in order to learn. You can only um, get the answers to problems by doing it before. So in experiencing it, there's no way around it. Mm-hmm. So you don't hold back. Like the worst failure is not doing it at all. Not that it like is ugly or you feel ashamed because it didn't turn out the way you want it to. If you just don't do anything, that's that's a real shame. So you know? true. Fail fast. That's the mentality that I've always uh I've had and I've learned from. Um, so what is next in sort of graphic design? Do you see any emerging trends or anything? Um, seeing it switch into uh, motion graphics quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just like subtle movement. So it's not necessarily full on animation or video. That's prevalent already. Mm-hmm. But it, it's now like making just subtle at the tight move or having something in the background move or something about your graphics move. I think, um, I guess file types are allowing that now. So mm-hmm. 
the websites, you can upload GIFs and upload this and that, and especially the, the GIF culture has exploded, and social media allows for it as well. So I think it's starting to, whatever's eye-catching, right? And mm-hmm. motion graphics is doing that. Yeah, I'm up in that GIF culture. Is it GIF or GIF? I've always said GIF. Okay. Dead. Yeah. I'm in, I'm in that GIF culture. I basically exclusively text message with GIFs. so i do it with my friends so well my friend and i do that too it's just like (laughs) we we know each other very very well so the gifts work (laughs) yeah exactly um so then the last question i have for you here is what is one design product tool website or community that you can't live without it's really hard to pick one because you kind of need a couple that you flow through but if like gun to my head i'd say illustrator adobe illustrator that's the one I would have to choose. Yep. That's where you feel comfortable. Yeah. That's your jam. Mm-hmm. That's great. Uh, Scarlett, I wanted to thank you so much for coming on the Quickie Podcast today. Well, thank you. This has been fun. All right. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. That was Scarlett Aubrey. What a great interview. What great stories she shared with us. Just, I loved this one. I was really excited about this and I'm so glad I got a chance to share this with you. Thank you again for putting your time into the Quickie. And if you haven't, had a chance to subscribe to the podcast yet, please do. We're pushing new episodes with amazing designers with stories to share every single day and uh, join us. Follow along. Thank you. Have a great day.